In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. It is finished. What is finished? Why does Jesus say this? In the Gospels of of Matthew and Mark, Jesus cries out the refrain that we sung this afternoon from Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We hear Jesus' agony and misery in that declaration. The man who proclaims the coming kingdom of God experiences a radical alienation from God. And as he suffers the pain and degradation of the cross. These are words I expect. Were the words of forsakenness from a man who is alone and abandoned. Under the circumstances, the experience of forsakenness makes sense to me. I get that expression, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But here in John's gospel, Jesus proclaims, it is finished, before bowing his head and handing over his spirit. It is finished. What is finished? On one level, we might assume that he means that what is finished is his life. After all, Jesus is experiencing the profound cruelty that is crucifixion. He's been condemned to death in one of the most vicious ways possible. Suffering as he is on the cross, we might assume that what is over is his life, and he has resigned himself to that fate. The mission is over, and Jesus seems defeated. We might imagine it is finished as an expression of despair and resignation. But to interpret the pronouncement in this way as an announcement of defeat is to miss the quality and nature of John's passion narrative. In John's passion, paradoxically and ironically, Jesus is in control. At one point, we heard Pilate say to Jesus, do you know that I have the power to release you and power to crucify you? To which Jesus calmly replies, you would have no power over me unless it had been given from above. Jesus has been given into the hands of the authorities and they will do with him what they please. But the operative word here is given. Yes, Jesus embodies weakness, but he is also in control, calm and resolute throughout. Jesus enters into this time of suffering freely, as if he has nothing to lose. But his is not an attitude of stoicism. His is not an attitude of calm resignation. Rather, he is living into the very mission that God has given him. 
This mission that God has given to Jesus has not been thwarted, but rather is being entered into more and more fully as Jesus heads toward death. The word that we have translated here as finished can also be translated as fulfilled or accomplished or perfected. Hear this instead, it is perfected. It is accomplished. It is fulfilled. Enter into this suffering. Enter into this degradation. Entering, enter into this death. And recognize it is not a defeat to Jesus, but the way that Jesus is completing and perfecting the mission that God has given him. And this completion is twofold. On the one hand, Jesus is leaving behind his message, both in word and sign, to share with the world. The community that will bear witness to this message and sign is formed right there at the foot of the cross as Mary and the beloved disciple are given one to another. But more than that, Jesus is ushering into reality the possibility of an ultimate union with God as Jesus enters into complete solidarity with humanity, with us, and with our condition. As Jesus becomes forsaken, he is revealing and inaugurating the reality that there is no place, no space in human existence that is now foreign to God. In Christ, God is radically identifying God's self with the depths of human alienation and suffering. Christ's mission is to enter more and more into solidarity with humanity. And paradoxically, this can only be done when God embodies the depths of our separation from God and from one another. It is only in being totally alone and totally cut off from all, by entering into the depths, the deepest depths of the human experience of suffering and alienation, that Christ can lift the whole world up to salvation and draw all people to himself. It is only in being cut off that he can draw all to him. What is revealed today is that the, the world crucifies God, that we crucify God. And yet what is also revealed is that God's love is stronger than that crucifixion, stronger than death. God's love endures the pain and the death and indeed is unconquered by death. What is revealed is that God's coming to be with us in our sin and our pain and our death is exactly the grounds and means of our salvation, both in the midst of our lives right here and now, but also in the everlastingness of God. 
God's solidarity with us is the source of our freedom that we are called to embrace now and all the while is an ever-abiding love that will culminate in the age to come. And thus freedom and this culmination to be is the secret hidden within Jesus' suffering and within Jesus' death. And just as there is a secret hidden in Christ's suffering, there is a secret in our own as well. A secret within our own suffering. What the cross reveals is that suffering has within it the potential for new life. And this potential means that we never need to run from suffering, not from our own and not from the suffering of others. And this is so because Christ is present in the heart of suffering. At the core of suffering, there is Christ, there is God. And thus, there is new and endless and unconquered life. There. There in suffering. Even there. And so we are invited and called to recognize that suffering bears within it this potential for new life. And this is not to say that suffering is good or that suffering is to be desired. Only that suffering and brokenness are never the last word. At its core, within suffering, Christ is present. God is present. Within brokenness and suffering, there is the seed of redemption. Always, God is at work, bringing new life. We cannot know or even imagine in the midst of pain what God might bring out of the suffering of this world. But God is there. God is at work. Because indeed, God is not distant, but present, even there, especially there, in the heart of suffering and brokenness. God can and does bring new life out of death, because God is there. And thus, we need not ultimately fear God is present in that very vulnerability. And in this way, we always, always have cause for hope. And so, the proclamation that it is finished is not a cry of defeat. It is finished. This is not a resignation in failure. It is finished. This is a cry of victory. It is finished. Now all of humanity, all of creation is being drawn to God. It is finished. God's triumph is hidden beneath what looks like the very opposite. It is finished. Our alienation, our brokenness, 
and our deaths are not the last words. It is finished. Amen.